What's up, everyone? Welcome into another week of Locked On Bucks. And on today's show, we're going to talk about Giannis going in for an MRI on his back. I know there's a lot of concern about health, but he continues to play with Team Greece. They've got a big game coming up in a few days' time against Serbia. We'll wait and see whether he plays in that one against uh, Nikola Jokic there. Uh, Mama is also doing some really great stuff over there, and we're going to talk about him and what this all means for him moving forward. Uh, and there was an interesting change at the Bucks practice facility over the weekend. We're going to talk about that as well. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Most days during August, that's why you got to subscribe so you know when the shows are dropping. We're about to swing back into full-time mode. You can also find uh, my work over at ESPN alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia, who uh, only has a few weeks left before he's back in the office at Fiserv 4. I'm calling preseason basketball games. Uh, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch uh, of every day, even through August and even through the off-season. We really appreciate it. Uh, so big news at the Bucks practice facility over the weekend, Justin. I woke up to a beautiful tweet, social media activity from the Bucks. The Australian flag is back up there. I assume that's for me. <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> I would assume uh, they heard the pod, uh, what, a couple of days ago and heard the uh, potential of you doing some more travel and, and coming yes. back to the States. So they figured, well... <laughs> We got to really roll out the red carpet here and let's get the flag back up and let's make him feel welcome. Well, Joe Ingles did arrive as, uh, you know, I guess it wasn't for me, uh, but Joe Ingles did arrive. Uh, he was already in the US, I guess. So probably, I guess he still lives in in Utah. So they probably flew in to Milwaukee from there. So uh, Ingles is in town. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure as the months go on, we'll start to see and different snippets of what he's able to do at practice. Obviously, you'll be around the team uh, in a few weeks here. And uh, that's exciting. I mean, when you talk about the new faces on the team, he is the one guy, really, along with uh, Marjan Bochant, that everyone uh, is curious about how this can play out. So it's nice to see him arrive in his new home. Um, yeah, and I suppose uh, people are curious to see Chris, too, coming off the surgery. But yeah. those are the two big ones that... Um, we've obviously seen Joe Ingles with the jazz, but curious to see what he's looking like coming back from the injury and how he's going to fit into the offense. And, um, Marjan was going to have that intrigue anyway, just because he's, he's young, he's new, he was your first round draft pick. Um, but I think what he did during summer league just kind of increased that tenfold where we were already very interested to see Marjan Bochamp. And now you've seen what he did granted against some inferior competition in the summer league, but still gave you some glimpses of, of man, if he can do this in, you know, rotational minutes, that certainly makes things very interesting. And speaking of Marjan Bochamp, he was involved in uh, some sort of basketball 
tournament over the weekend or some whatever it was, invitational event. I think it was Jamal Crawford that was uh, running yeah. it or something. And they had to cancel the game, I believe. was the, the, the court was slippery or something like that. I think it was that tournament that he was at. But all I know is when I saw uh, people tweeting about this, well, Marjan tweeted about it himself, but I also saw Camille tweeting about it. I think she was checking it out. Uh, but as soon as I started to see that there was a slippery floor, I was like, I think, you know, Bucks fans have probably had enough of players that uh, we like uh, playing on slippery floors. Let's just let's just say that there's been a couple of unfortunate incidents, certainly uh, around Chris Middleton. But uh, if that was the right event, unless I've got it mixed up, I'm glad that they called it quits. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, this might even predate. Uh, I, I know you you've spoken about uh, your Ray Allen being the foundation of your fandom. That, but this may even predate when you were really dialed in. But there was, um, I believe, we had this two years in a row where something happened, and I do remember one um, was a preseason game. It was the Mac Fun game, and I want to say it was like 2014 where they never even played the game because of condensation on the floor. And that was when it was the Bradley Center and they shared with the Admirals. Um, and it was one of the more bizarre things ever. It was just before I started working for the team, but I was still covering them. And uh, you were all set to go. And then there's this holdup and you're still waiting and waiting, very similar to what happened in Minnesota a couple of years ago, only this was slippery floors. <laughs> And the game just was never played. So when you say slippery floor, there's a number of things that you can come back to. That was the big one. And then obviously the, the Chris Middleton thing uh, last year kind of takes the cake of what people will forever remember. But for me, for a while, that was it. When you talked about, well, we got to pause this or we got to cancel it because of slippery floors. You went back to the Mac fun game, I, I think 2014 or 2013, where the game was never even played. And you're a... Yeah, well, you're the ho hockey correspondent for Locked On Bucks. <laughs> uh, I'm not a hockey fan, uh, but I'm sure we have plenty of hockey fans listening, and there is going to be NHL games at Fiserv Forum. Now, they've played hockey there before. I think they've done college stuff before. Yeah. But I did see some people straight away tweeting, well, they better make sure the floor's okay whenever the Bucks play after it. People get genuinely stressed about this. I mean, it's obviously, a, you know, it can be. If, if it, they don't get it right, it can be, well, as we've seen can be a little bit uh, dangerous. Yeah, I think last year was the first time they had that tournament because of COVID, but they used to do it at the, at the Bradley Center. And it, yeah. well, obviously it wasn't a big deal when the Admirals were sharing that facility. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what's more uh, calmed down on the scale of one to 10 of people who are already nervous about <laughs> well, now you got to bring in, you know, the the ice, and and what is that going to mean for for games played after the fact? Or Kyrie Irving, who is insistent that the the mecca floor That's from the seventies was of the course. floor that they were playing on a couple of years ago. All right, let's get to uh, the Giannis uh, injury stuff. I'll see how you're feeling about that. Obviously, made a bit of news, and you know, unfortunately for Greek fans that are probably still excited that he's in the building when they come to watch the team and the other good players on the team. Uh, he's missed a couple of games in a row now. So we'll talk about that after uh, we talk about our friends here at uh, Rocket Money, which was formerly True Bill. You've heard me talk about True Bill before. It's our favorite financial app. Uh, why did True Bill change its name to Rocket Money? 
Well, we'll tell you what we heard. True Bill, now backed by Rocket Companies, has grown from a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average 700 bucks a year. And with all that growth comes the next evolution in True Bill's story, a new name. Bottom line, Rocket Money is everything uh, we've loved about True Bill, but with a fresh look and feel. So start canceling your unused subscriptions and save money at rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA or download the app from the Apple store, uh, the Apple app store or Google play store as well. Because uh, remember managing money is exhausting. Notebooks full of account details, calendars full of payments, inboxes full of bills, spreadsheets full of calculations, if even one of these sounds familiar, it's time to take back control of your life with Rocket Money. That's rocketmoney.com slash NBA. So our good friend Eric Name, is, uh, he's left Greece now. I didn't get any feedback whether, yeah, I put the call out for our Greek fans if they see Eric over there. Just let him know that I had some harsh things to say to him. But of course, we love Eric, but he's just left Greece. But he didn't actually get to see Giannis play in the games that he was at live because he missed, I believe it was knee soreness the first time. Then he had some back soreness. They sent him in for an MRI. We had a a Greek fan in the YouTube comments a few days ago saying, stop talking about the Giannis injuries. It's bad luck. And like, as someone who, honestly tries to not, you know, jinx anything, particularly when it comes to scores of sports games during the game game. I'll never I'll never call it early or anything like that. I don't want to tempt fate with a with a huge comeback. Uh, unfortunately with this Yana stuff, I mean this is one of the big talking points. We've seen him play and when he played, he looked dominant. Uh, but he's also missed a bunch of games. Now to this point these games haven't been you know they're not Eurobasket. They're not this game against Serbia coming up here. So a bit of management uh, makes sense. Any concern level when you read that about Giannis, Justin? Um, so when you first see that, I think the assumption, at least for me, was, well, I would assume that this is just a matter of it was sore, the knee or the back, that it was just, you know, minor soreness and, hey, the season starts in two months and training camp is a month away let's just put this thing on pause and proactively let's kind of shut this down and and take a wait and see approach. So that's what I lean towards. Uh, I know the, the very, very limited reporting that has come out is that uh, the imaging that he had done on the back, it's, it's all minor and it's nothing major here. Um, But I still wouldn't expect the worst news to be levied, even if it was bad quite yet that it that it wouldn't really be until he gets back and and has any um uh checkup with the team physicians and anything through that nature so uh it just makes you raise your eyebrow a little bit because i know there is a, a segment of fans that are a little apprehensive or nervous about Giannis doing things like this uh, especially with the way that the the you know european calendar falls or the calendar for for everything there that it's running basically right into the NBA season or right into the start of training camp. So you're a little anxious and nervous about that thinking, man, what if something happens while he's playing in those games? Um, but as, as we've talked about numerous times, not just with that, but everything else, uh, as long as he's on the team, 
if he wants to play there, if he wants the Nassus on the team, if he wants Costas, if he wants Alex, it's going to happen and I'm fine with it. So I'm not concerned about it until there's reason to be concerned. And, and the, yeah, it was minor until that starts to change. Then is, is when you can say what's going on here. Yeah. And, and the one thing I would also say is if he's suffering from some sort of back soreness, I don't think, and I might be wrong, but I don't know whether the 35 minutes that he's played so far or 38 minutes that he's played so far for Greece would be to blame for that. This has always been my point. Of course, accidents happen in a game and because you're watching it, you probably feel like you're more in tune with with watching you know, what he's putting his body through. But we know this man works as hard as anyone in the game. So if he's not playing these games, he's going to be working his absolute ass off doing different things and he'll probably have knee soreness along the way. He might have back soreness along the way. You just won't know about it. So the fact that it's a... You know, that it's back. I think when it's knee soreness, we all kind of just brush it off and say, well, we've heard this for years. The back stuff is interesting. Definitely something to monitor. And I would imagine that he would really want to play this game against Nikola Jokic. Uh, Greece would probably obviously want him to play in this game. It is a World Cup qualifier. They're undefeated so far, but you you want to keep banking these wins. These results do carry over and they want to make the World Cup. If he misses this game... I might, yeah, I'd be curious because the fact that he's missed a couple of the the exhibition games, and I know, you know, Acropolis tournament, probably not on the level of Eurobasket, I don't think, unless our Greek fans can correct me. So I, I would, yeah, if he misses this game against Serbia, I'd, I'd be a little more intrigued. Um, yeah, but I, I think I would co-sign that. We're also kind of getting to the point where it's, all right, uh, we we typically start camp, you know, early September. We're two weeks away from that. So if there's any soreness or any hesitancy whatsoever, let's just shut it down and, and come on back here. I haven't seen a lot of it. There has been some out there, but what I would really plead with people is don't jump to conclusions and the, well, it was soreness and we didn't know what was going on with Brooke Lopez last year. And then look what happened there. That, Jeez, uh, I'll tell you could, what. That would be dark. I don't blame people for going down that path, but I'm not ready to do it just yet. I was going to say, it could be famous last words, but yeah. let's let's not go there just yet. Uh, so we'll see what happens these next couple of days. We'll obviously have coverage. I'll be certainly trying to catch uh, this uh, Serbia-Greece game uh, regardless. And Kostas has been playing really well. I've seen that's been getting people excited uh, as well. There's no doubt about that. But we'll see uh, with the Yana stuff. And unfortunately, I understand what our friend in the YouTube comments was suggesting about always talking about the health stuff. But yeah, at this point of the year, based on what the Bucks want to achieve, it is a legitimate talking point. And uh, I think this is why, again, you should be really thankful and happy if you're a Bucks fan that so, ma- so many of the staff are over there because they're all over this. They're monitoring him. This is why it's important for the Bucks and the Greek you know, basketball federation whatever they're called over there that's why it's uh, important for them to have a relationship as well where they can work together on these types of things so i think you should feel good about that uh, you should probably also feel good about our friend sandro mamu kalashvili because he and let's be honest whether it's summer league whether it's g league when he's played there uh now for georgia i mean the guy just puts up numbers he's a, he's an excellent rebounder he obviously finds uh ways to score so 
yeah, we can get into what we think his opportunities might be to play this year. It's obviously difficult with the way the Bucks roster is structured, but it would be hard to imagine that he could have done much else this offseason. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing more he could do to really separate himself. And I think he'll get some opportunity if for no other reason than the way we've seen the Bucks handle the last two years with, with a team and a group that's not getting any younger and is one of the oldest already and most veteran teams in the league that you're you're going to. And I know the league did some things to kind of shift around scheduling to give some more off days and, and more days off around national games to try and avoid just giving guys extended periods of rest, but it's still going to happen throughout the season. And, you know, last year, a lot of it was injuries. Some of it was rest and there's going to be those opportunities for Mamu. A lot of his opportunities are going to come in the G league, uh, but he's a guy that, you know, has, has gotten better. I don't think he's regressed from the point he stepped on the floor last year in preseason and especially how much he had to play early in the season. I don't think he's really regressed. There may have been a minor blip on the radar at the midpoint of last year, but he has gotten better throughout the course of this year plus. And that's what you look for from these young guys. It's, it's making non-scoring plays is the big thing. And we've seen some of that from him. Uh, I think overall he's, he's intriguing because of his basketball IQ, his passing ability his ability to shoot as well. I think the more you watch him, and this is not a knock, you just, I think, leave thinking, you know, we could really, really do something with him if he was two inches taller. So this is interesting. So, yeah, Sandro's obviously, I mean, he, he, how many years did he play in college? He was there for, was he there for the journey? I believe he was there all four. Yeah, I thought that was right. So, he, look, he's a little bit older, but that's not to say, I mean, I, I think clearly we've seen in the little that I've followed on after uh, Seton Hall, it looks like he's got better. It looks like he got better for year over year, certainly if you were just watching Summer League. So I, I think he's in a really good spot in terms of, I know people always say, well, the Bucks haven't really developed anyone, but it doesn't. the development doesn't have to come from young players. You know, think about someone like Bobby Portis. And if yep. you're Sandro, that has to be a guy that you're looking at and saying, I know we're not like the perfect comparison. I'd say Bobby probably is just naturally being a better scorer, even though Sandro has scored a lot. Sandro's better passer. I think that's fair to say. Probably better with the ball in his hands, although I don't think he's ever really truly going to be a you know a ball handler in the NBA. But both of them probably have question marks defensively now. Bobby Portis isn't an elite defender. He'll probably never be an elite defender, but there's no doubt that he's got better on that end of the floor in his years at the Bucks. So it's difficult right now when you look at the rotation for Sandro, but certainly that has to be a guy he could look at and say, okay, well, I'm in a pretty good spot here. Now, again, maybe this year it looks like the opportunities would be limited, but it could be a, a spot to stick around. I, I don't know. Is there any optimism from you that he does become you know, a real every night player on a really good NBA team. Um, I'm not going to shut the door on it. I don't yeah. think we've seen that quite yet, which again, it's, it's one full year at the NBA and now another off season program that we're looking at. So I think this year it's not going to be the be all end all if that the answer to that question is yes, but this year, mm -hmm and the, the continued growth you hope that you see from him and what he does 
in the NBA opportunities and the G League will go a long way in answering that. Um, and I guess I should should kind of backtrack and, and clean one thing up too. I think he's taller than Bobby Portis. The big thing with him though is just there's there's not really much wingspan. I think it's around seven feet, and he's yeah. six foot eleven. So that's the the area where you really notice it with him. And we saw it last year too in the minutes where he was on the floor as one of their bigs. The the defense was pretty bad because of the lack of rim protection. So that's, I think the biggest thing against him right now is for the positions he's going to play, you need a little bit of rim protection and, and that's just not anything he's going to be able to give you. So uh, I, I think as of right now, you would say no in terms of him being a solid contributor to a team that has aspirations of winning a championship. Uh, but that's right now, and yeah. I don't think the answer is permanently no, whereas we've seen other people come through where you're, too, you're already willing to write that off. I don't think he's there. Uh, I, I think it's more of an incomplete at this point. So he's still on a two-way contract. We know the Bucks have a roster spot, and I think – I don't want to speak for you, but I think we've discussed it before. We we think that you know, the Bucks like to have that flexibility with that roster spot. But this could potentially be a big year for Mamu that maybe later down the track, because hopefully everyone's healthy and everyone's gone through and everyone's happy. Maybe there's still that roster spot and that's later in the season. Maybe they do something and uh, try and ensure that he's on a main roster moving forward if he becomes that guy. I guess opportunities is the interesting thing, though. There's always going to be guys that are going to miss games. Giannis is going to miss games. Brook Lopez, we've sort of speculated they might manage him. I guess that's the that's the thing that's interesting for me because is he going to be a guy that they're going to say, okay, well, we're just going to sit you on the bench all season? Is he a guy they send to the herd? I don't – I mean, I feel like if he goes to the herd, we know what he's going to do. He's going to get you 20 and 10. The stats will be great. But then you also don't want him just sitting on the bench. So it is a bit of a conundrum for for a guy like this. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say um, it, it's almost it's almost like the Christian Wood conundrum in terms of sure. the numbers he's going to put up with the herd, where you know he's he's going to put up numbers where if he played the entire season in the G League, he'd probably be in the conversation of best player at that level. Uh, but what's more valuable, and I would still lean towards, even though he's probably at the point where he doesn't have anything to prove at that level, it's, it's how do I fit in at the NBA level, I would still much rather just if for no other reason than keeping him active and, and getting him constant reps, I'd rather him spend a majority of his time with the G League than just, you know, be at the NBA level and sit around and, and not getting any minutes, not cracking the rotation. And overall, I think the Bucks have done a pretty good job at avoiding that the last couple of years where they've been able to utilize the, the G League to make sure guys are playing, whether it was Jordan Wara and Sam Merrill. Uh, two years ago, and Mamu last year, and, and a number of guys, Lindell Wigginton, that they've been able to avoid that of just, okay, this guy's just sitting on the bench doing nothing. Um, so I would just be in favor of, e- even if it means the opportunities are, are far limited at the NBA level, which we anticipate they will be, I would be fine with him getting consistent minutes with the herd just to stay in it. Because look, if we think the the bulk of his minutes are going to be at the three and the four, obviously, well, you got Chris Middleton and Giannis. Pat Connaughton's going to get a lot of minutes there. Uh, once you get to 
February, you would assume, is when Joe Ingles enters the mix there. Um, Wesley Matthews is going to play some minutes at the three. So it's it's quite a logjam. And Bobby Portis, we didn't mention either. So there's a lot of hurdles for Mamu to get past, which is where it's going to come down to hopefully there's no big injuries that take any of those names out of the mix that would open up uh, some minutes for him. And the only other thing you would point to is just some of those pockets of, of rest and, and those stretches of the schedule. So to me, you kind of balance it out where he spends most of his time in the G league. And when those moments pop up of, Hey, we have, you know, this stretch of X amount of games in, in two weeks, we want to get Giannis some rest or Chris some rest. That's when he rejoins the team and gets some minutes there. So, so it's interesting because we spoke about defensively. Uh, so yeah, I would say you mentioned you said the three and the four. I'd say that he's probably because of the skill set, he's probably more a four or a five. But he's not a rim protector, not necessarily right. an athletic beast. Although he has thrown down some dunks on people. So, yeah, I, I again look. I think defensively, it's it's mostly the four. I think that yeah. it's the five is not ideal. The three is not no. ideal for his right. perimeter ability. But but neither of the two are really viable options more than in a pinch. All right, one other thing I wanted to bring up as we always do, circle it back to Giannis. So the thing that I love is that Giannis is over there. Uh, you saw the – obviously, they get along pretty well. Uh, Giannis has, has always been – I would I wouldn't say he's always been a leader, but I would say that he's shown characteristics of a leader and then he eventually became the leader that he is now. Uh, but he loves guys that work hard and he's willing to – to really push those guys. And it seems to me from, from the outside and, you know, you ask people that are, that are close to the team and they say the same thing that, that Mamu is a hard worker. So he clearly has the respect of Giannis, but the leadership of Giannis, it, I, I just, I love seeing it. I remember, well, everyone will remember this when uh, Pau Gasol had a, uh, a little swing in Milwaukee. Uh, people will remember that, but then I was still in Milwaukee at the time, as you know, and, uh, I remember Powell was walking out of the locker room one day and he wasn't playing because he had the, the foot or the ankle stuff going on. And I, I stopped him because I just wanted to ask him a couple of questions about Giannis because he'd been around for, you know, a month. Uh, clearly, he'd played with some of the great leaders, uh, Kobe being one. Yeah, yeah. And so I asked him about Giannis and he said, and he one of the things he said that stood out was that uh, he's not a, he wasn't a Kobe leader that, yeah, you know, was so visible everything that he was doing, and he was he was this demanding leader. But he said that everyone just felt like they were on a similar level to him. He could speak to everyone. He'd speak to the two way guys, the guys that are at the at the bottom of the roster, and and you know he just said that he was really impressed for a guy that at that point was so young, like 24, 25. Uh, and we're seeing it, and I think that it's again just really fun when you see you know Giannis, whatever he was saying to him. Maybe it wasn't even possible that he was talking about, but you know he gets in his ear and gives him a. A speech there so just just Giannis being the leader again I think has to be you know great and probably motivating for someone like Mami I think the big thing with his his leadership and, and his leadership style too is and we've heard a few players mention this but it's it's pretty you know common sense that it's all about um the appearance and seeing the work that he puts in where you know you look around the league and that's not necessarily the case with superstars of teams and the amount yeah. that they're in the gym and the work that they put in. So if you're on the box and you're a young player, especially, and you see this guy's a two-time MVP and a finals MVP and 
maybe the best player in the league and he's doing this, I guess I got to do at least that much as well. So I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, also what you touched on too, that he, he spends a bulk of his off seasons in Greece, but every year he, he takes teammates and members of the team with him. We know Josh Oppenheimer and what he's doing with that Greek squad this year is a big part of it. Nick Monroe is somehow still there in Greece with the team or with Giannis. Uh, but when you look at the guys that were there this year too, it's, it's not like Giannis is going to Greece and Hey, Chris and Drew come with me or Bobby. It's Jordan Wara and Mamu and, and those younger guys, Javon Carter, even uh, that he takes over there with them. So I think that's part of uh, the leadership as well. And speaking of the last thing I'd add here, speaking of off topic, but Javon, you talked about growth, not always being with young guys. That's the most interesting guy to me this upcoming year is Javon Carter, because I think it's, it's twofold and what it possibly means for George Hill. Uh, when you go back to last year, George Hill was battling through some stuff and it was basically early in the season. It was what Justin Robinson was the only other option you really had at backup point guard. So it was kind of a difficult spot. Whereas now you get year number two for Javon Carter in this system. And you can give George Hill quite a bit of runway to get through the injuries and everything else he dealt with last year and get fully back up to speed because you have that insurance policy in Javon Carter that is nothing like what you had at the start of last season where you really needed George Hill early and needed him for most of that season. Now that's not the case where you can really take it easy with him and and try to figure out how to balance those minutes. So to me, I would put Javon Carter in the category two of guys that you would look for growth coming from this season. Yeah, and again, not necessarily a younger, younger guy. Um, Obviously, I mentioned Bobby Portis, who's got better. Uh, And again, uh, I think, you know, Pat, Pat is an obvious example of the guy that's got better. And just when you talk about development, it doesn't necessarily have to be guys that are under 23 years old. As we know, the Bucs haven't had a lot of them. But now it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Obviously, an interesting weekend. And it's been fun tracking Mamu over there. And we'll have some fun the next few weeks. And he's just going to continue to put out numbers, I would suspect, because that's just what he does, uh, what he's done basically everywhere he's played. And we'll see how it translates uh, to the NBA. Now, as we wrap it up, you mentioned Nick Munro again. We mentioned him at least a couple of times a week. I am looking forward to whenever it drops, I'm looking forward to the behind-the-scenes Greece tour content. You know they're putting something together. No one in the league does a better job at the uh, at the behind the, the all-access. No one does a better the, job. The all-access in the mini-movie. I want one on Nick's trip specifically. Just oh, me like... too, yes. Uh, him arriving there, everything that he did. We've seen everything that he's eating. But, uh, yeah, I want I want the whole all-access on Nick's personal trip. Well, shout-out to all of them for getting the Australian flag back up there, though. It's, uh, you know, it obviously didn't have anything to do with me, but I still will tell myself in my head that it was for me. So shout-out to everyone involved in that. Uh, shout-out to all our listeners as well. We'll be back through the week. As we mentioned, this game against Serbia is coming up. Who knows whether Giannis is going to be there, but... Uh, we'll be watching either way. We'll break that one down. I'm sure Frank will be back uh, for that post-game pod. And then uh, they have a couple of World Cup qualifiers this week. Next week, uh, Eurobasket gets underway. So it's going to be a bit of fun. We'll try and find some fun content for you guys uh, during the week. But for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. Speak to you guys next time.